Welcome everyone to the Pantheon. I am Ray. And I'm Evie. And Evie, what are we looking at today? Spider-Man 1977. That's right. The Amazing Spider-Man. We're in, of course, it's yeah. 77, so we're not talking about the Andrew Garfield. We're talking about Nicholas, right. Nicholas Hammond. Now, the face may look a little familiar to you. Um, the show came out in 77. It lasted two seasons. Uh, but Nicholas Hammond, if he, if he looks familiar to you, is because he is the original Von Trapp. He played uh, Friedrich in Sound of Music, you know, with Julie Andrews right. and, Christ- and, and the late Christopher Plummer. So uh, it is a throwback to some somebody that we kind of grew up watching. Uh, actually, he was born before the actual character Spider-Man was actually created. He's the only person who's ever played the character who was born before the actual character came about. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, so every other guy, person who's played a live-action version of Spider-Man was born after the creation of the character. But Nicholas oh, wow. was predated the um, the character by a number of years. Well, not, not awesome. by a number of years, but just by a couple of years, maybe like 15. Uh, he, was born, he was born in May 1950, and the character came out, I think, in 63, 64. So he's about oh, wow. 13 cool. years older than Spider-Man itself. Cool. Okay, so the pilot aired in, on September 14th, 1977. And it starts Nicholas Hammond, and it has a really cool cast. Now, we're just talking about the pilot episode. The pilot episode, you can watch on YouTube for free. It's, uh, the pilot stars um, a person called David White. You know him as Larry Tate from Bewitched. Okay. He plays J. Jonah Jameson in the pilot. Yeah. Uh, after mm-hmm. the pilot, it, it got recast. So he's only, he only played J. Jonah Jameson for the pilot episode. Uh, so uh, David White only had that one part. Uh, he he was known for, again, Bewitched for a number of years because that came out from 64 to 72. So uh, he was in these, uh, definitely in the golden era of, te- golden era of television. So uh, that was great. Yeah. Also, we have Michael Pataki who played... Um, uh, Captain Barbera, and we had Robbie Robertson, uh, who played, who was, uh, oh, sorry, uh, it, it, I'm sorry, it's pronounced Hilly Hicks. He played Robbie Robertson. He was the, uh, one of the editors for Daily Bugle. Okay, right? right. And now Robbie Robertson actually is an actual character in the comic books. He was kind of like a J. Jonah James's close friend. And he, when oh. in the comic books, he was always the voice of reason when it comes to Jameson, because when Jameson would go kind of on a, on a bet towards Spider-Man, and so he was like the middle ground between Parker and and Jonah, he was the voice of reason, and he was a character that was—he was one of the first black characters in comic books, and he always played straight, not for jokes, for laughs. Uh, Stanley created the character as a a is a uh, soundboard for what was going on at the time, and he wanted a character, a black character, that was a positive image. So Robbie Robbie, Robbie Robertson represented that. Um, the character uh, Hilly Hicks went on to become a pastor in real life, and when he retired. But his son, which I want to mention, his son, who I should mention, is Hilly Hicks Jr. And the reason why I mention that is because Hilly Hicks Jr. is went on to be working television as a producer. Uh, he went on to do um, the first couple seasons of Chicago uh, Fire and uh, a, a show called, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Big C with Laura Linney. It's about cancer. And then he went on to do a, a three-part, se- a three-season series called Jessica Jones. And he was a producer for Jessica Jones for all three seasons, which we know, okay, which cool. you know, review. And so he's did a couple of shows like AMC's Feed the Beast and a couple other shows. But like uh, in our case, I mean, Jessica Jones, he was one of the people behind the making of that series. So everything's cool. sort of tied in sort of, sort of thing. The son of uh, Robbie, Rob- Robbie Robertson is still in the industry today. So uh, okay. going to some of the other characters uh, who pl- 
the round off the cast. Uh, for the pilot, we had a character by the name of, um, excuse me, Alisa Elbisher. Uh, you will know her from the Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy, the original movie. She plays Jenny yeah. Summers. Uh, okay. She was also in Leviathan, and she was in a couple of movies. She was kind of in her Haiti in the 80s. Uh, she sort of fizzled out in the early 90s. The last theatrical movie she was in was a movie called Live Wire with Pierce Brosnan about oh, yeah. when you drink water, it, the water was explosive. So it's kind of a really cool thriller. Um, I think it came out in '92. So uh, she kind of like feels it fizzled out in '92. But like she was a prolific, uh, like face of the nineteen of the nineteen eighties. So that's where she kind of like um, soared. Uh, so going back to the show, uh, Evie, give us give us the rundown of the pilot. Well, there's a bank robbery. Uh, somebody in the bank. Um, I don't know. It's been a while. So- Okay. Hold on. Well, if you want, I could. I'll, I'll give you a brief summary on it. So, sure, okay. okay. So it's basically, if you want to, do, you can IMDb this too. It's uh, there is a person who's able to brainwash a bunch of like oh respect, the brainwasher, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, a bunch of responsible you. people, like whether it's a banker or a lawyer or you know, yeah. So you want to carry on or doesn't. You go ahead. You're doing well. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there's a guy who brainwashes people, and he and he he's threatened the the mayor and the city that he'll have ten respectable people. Will commit suicide at on Friday nice. at a certain time, maybe three o'clock. I think it was three o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon, unless his ransom is not made. So he's had right, people yeah. rob banks, like a like a a banker, a lawyer who's in the middle of a court case, um, you know, a judge. Uh, he's able to change people to on a, on a fly. They don't know how he's controlling people, but uh, he's controlling people in the middle of a day to do, do to do these horrendous crimes, and then they crash the car, and the money's gone. Yeah. So, right. uh, so that's that's his plot. So Spider Man's on that's the it. on the case to try and solve this problem, mm-hmm. uh, and how he finds this out is kind of interesting because Spider Man is a scientist, and also today's the it's also the the pilot. So we get the origin of how he becomes a Spider Man, which is mm-hmm. you know how that is. He gets bitten by a, a radioactive a radioactive spider, and we see that play out. So you see how he becomes so. Looking at this in terms of it's now this 1970s is the era of bell bottoms. It's the era of disco. Um, you know, you're looking at lower graphics special effects on television. You have this thing called chroma key where you're uh, he's crawling on. You could tell he's not crawling on a building. He's crawling on the floor, but they put yeah. the image of a building <laughs> on it. So yeah. in terms of the special effects, you, you can tell with the stuntman. You can see clearly the stuntman, not the actual mm-hmm. actor. Uh, if you ignore that in terms of just the story and how invested were you watching this uh, episode or this movie? Um, it was okay, you know. Um, but, um, if the special effects, like you said, they're seventies, what can you do? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, you know, it was likable. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was interesting um, uh, for its time, and it was like very 70s with the music and stuff yeah. yeah wasn't too bad wasn't too bad i'd give it maybe a maybe a seven mm-hmm. out of ten you know based on it being from the 70s oh seven for the 70s i like that yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay well for me i give it a six out of ten and you know ignoring the differences because it is the 70s and the technology is is really low is you know it's not mm-hmm. that developed you know when we talked about Stephen Strange you know the budget 
was a high-end budget, and it's and it's still kind of cheesy for the '70s. Yeah, but I'm looking at it in terms of some logical sequences because one of the things um, that when you when you once you get past the pilot, they use stock footage of the same things over and over again. So the sequence mm-hmm. when he's on the roof, that sequence yep. on the roof when he's fighting those Chinese guys with the Aikido sticks is that what they call it? Mm-hmm. the Aikido sticks, right? Um, the stat scene on the roof where he's jumping between buildings and he, he puts he webs on that one pole. That sequence of those shots is repeated on every single episode going forward. The exact it same is. roof, right? Yeah. And um, this takes place in New York City because we see um, uh, the Empire State, State Building. He's on. He's on mm-hmm. He goes on there. Now, yeah. the idea, the whole premise, premise of Spider-Man is that he's in New York City, but the rooftop is the Roslyn Hotel rooftop. And you see the sign in the back, like the, the billboard sign, but the mm-hmm. reverse of it. As a child, I, I never knew what that meant. I never understood it. But as an adult, now reading it, I realized the Rawson Hotel, and I've been to L.A., uh, it's, it's in downtown Los Angeles, and there's only one. Now there's nothing in there, there. There's no one. There's no Roslyn Hotel in New York City, so it is confusing because it takes place in New York, but the rooftop and the, even the architecture of the rooftop is a is a LA based uh, hotel and um, living quarters, uh, you know. So it is it contradicts its location, you know. If you know if you knew what if you knew what you're looking at, you realize they're in LA, not New York. Right. Okay. So uh, that for me was one of the things that kind of like through, once you realize what you're looking at, it makes no sense. Um, so that so I have to like suspend disbelief to watch this, but uh, I I really did like it. I believe um, you know like it's um, uh, for me uh, for but for my double feature, I looked at it as being a person who was naive because that he come he comes across as a young naive character. He demonstrates to have the ability to be a mature uh, person. And he perseveres. Mm-hmm. One of the main yeah. tri- uh, tributes to the character is that he's, he has a great deal of perseverance. And so I thought about the pilot episode for Smallville. You know, you have a guy who's, who's, who comes across very green and naive and not very powerful in the first episode because he's strung up like a, like a scarecrow with kryptonite ring over his neck. Okay, yeah. So that's how the pilot went off. And uh, he, was, yeah. he wasn't able to do much. And he was very naive and he uh, fell to the, to the bullies of the neighborhood. Uh, Peter Parker in this one was naive. The fighting is very low tech, low low um, yeah. low bar. So and um, and though he's naive, there's a look about him that's very very mature. I saw the parallels to uh, Smallville. What about you? What was your double feature? Um, that '70s show. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that '70s show. You know, because mm-hmm. of because of his his uh, sweater, his shirt, mm-hmm. you know, haircut. Right. You know, um, yeah, that's all I could think of that mm-hmm. 70s show. It was quite, you know, it was, it was, yeah, I just thought it was a good joke. <laughs> I don't know, like, I shouldn't say that, but, you know, it was, it was good yeah. uh, um, uh, for its time, actually, mm-hmm. you know, and nothing I need to see again. But anyway, no, that's just my thing. Okay. So, if you were to compare this, uh, is there any way you, you can compare this to, let's say, uh, Homecoming? What would you, where would, where would, where could you see some parallels between Homecoming and, sorry, Homecoming with um, the Tom Holland uh, movie and this one? Is there, is there anything that you can see besides it, it being an origin story? Um, I know it was very seventy-ish. Mm-hmm. Like I, 
set. Yeah, it was very 70-ish, which which isn't bad. Right. Well, yeah, you know, as I'm thinking now, you know, it was a it was a pretty good movie. Okay. For time, you know, thinking of, yeah. So oh. yeah, it was okay. I'd give it maybe like a 6 like you did it. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I liked it. I really, I got. I mean, I thought when I first, I was, when I first opened up on YouTube, I watched the show on YouTube. It's free to stream. Um, yeah. I looked at it. And I, I kind of scrubbed through it first. I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks really cheesy. I'm not gonna like this. But then I sat back and I sat down and I actually watched it. And you know what? Once you suspend this belief and just watch it and enjoy for what it is, it's actually yeah. a good watch. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, there's a lot of things, a lot of red flags that's um, wrong with it because it's dated. And mm -hmm. but if you can get past it, it being dated from the seventies, yeah. it's a very enjoyable pilot episode. Uh, but there's a lot yeah, of okay. things wrong with it. But like, yeah, but those are just technical things. The story mm -hmm. is sincere. The characters are, are sincere, and it's sort of nice. Um, mm -hmm. Barbara is an interesting character. It's like another J. Jonah Jameson character, but it's really it's really solid in that okay. sense. So uh, now we get to a segment we like to refer to as Ask Evie, where we get uh, people from our social media, our listeners who ask questions to Evie. So so the first question we have is, the worst comic book that got adapted to a movie? The worst? Yeah, so basically we're looking at a mm -hmm. book or comic book itself or a graphic novel that got adapted into a movie. Um, you know, mm -hmm. so what, what was that? Okay, I would say The Last Airbender. Yes. Um... Is that a cartoon or was it a graphic novel? Was it a graphic novel? Cartoon. Okay. First it was like a, I think it was a cartoon first, then like a graphic novel. Okay. I could be wrong, but yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I almost left the theater. That bad, huh? I did not like it. Wow. Okay. Anyway, enough said. All right. And lastly, we have, okay, now this is a tricky, not a tricky question, but like, Best movie going experience. So basically, they're asking you for like an experience that happens in a movie, like a like a reveal or a sequence that was like the best ever. You know, you came out of that thinking, "Wow!" You know, and I'll give you an example of one that the fans gave. Okay, and one was like the best experience that the fans had was when Captain America was wielding Thor's hammer in Endgame. You know. Yeah. Okay. Or when Tony Stark dies. So those are experiences that people take away with them, like like that will live with you for forever. You know what I'm saying? Like these are. Yeah, like a really great experience. So the question yeah. is, for you, what was the best movie-going experience you've had in a theater? Mine was when the superheroes came back from 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 the snap at Endgame mm -hmm. when they returned. You know, that was like, yay, they're back! Oh, so Endgame so, yes. is your movie then, right? Yeah, okay. uh, right at that part where they come back after the snap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say. How about you? Oh no, this this is Ask Evie. This is not Ask Ray. Okay. Yeah, so All right. I get to plead the fifth. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you uh, to our listeners. Uh, thank you for sending those in. Uh, keep them coming. Um, so it's always great to hear ideas, and it's great to hear dig dig the mind of our friend Evie to get the ideas of what he's digging. So my mind, what mind? But yeah. anyway, yeah. Okay. It's like butter. It's like butter, butter. <laughs> All right, so uh, with that, Evie, how can they reach us? Email, Twitter. That's right, at uh, com, And uh, our email is, w, or is it pantheonofm at gmail.com. 
And with that, I am Ray. And I'm Eddie. We'll see you next week. Take care. The world's favorite comic book hero, followed by 84 million readers a year. Now, he comes alive. For the first time on the screen, you'll see it all. The spectacular adventures of the amazing Spider-Man. He can do the things a spider does, you know, uh, climb walls and, and spin webs, and he's very, very strong. You've heard about him. You've read about him. Now, you'll see him in action. Kill him. No challenge is too great. No enemy is too strong. The most popular, most daring, most exciting superhero in the entire world. At last, he comes alive for his most incredible adventure. Look up high as one man does the impossible. He uses all his fantastic spider powers to battle the most evil forces ever imagined. Astounding live action excitement. The super adventure of everybody's favorite superhero. Spider-Man. Now, he lives. <laughs>